happening right now. There's a bear on the loose in Monrovia, and it says on Twitter he's just doing bear stuff. Just walking around the neighborhood, residential. Shocking. Developing situations. Just roaming around, just doing bear stuff. Wow. You know what else is shocking? Yeah. The uh, Whopper. No, I don't want to get off bears yet, because I wanted to talk to you about a movie. You ever see, I'm a big fan of documentaries. You ever see Grizzly Man? No. So this guy in it, Timothy Treadwell, he he reminds me a little bit of you, except he like he got sick of of like corporate life and doing those things, and he moved out to the Alaskan wilderness. Oh, and he went and studied bears, and he talked to the bears. Oh yeah, Warner Herzog oh. made a documentary about it. Oh yeah, I yeah. saw that. And then oh, they ate him at the end. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was rough. It was really shocking. He he had this way with the bears. Yes, and then suddenly one just decided to get him. Like he like bit down on his head. Yeah. On Twitter, I saw a tiger go in a convenience store as well. That was exciting. <laughs> That's what's great about Twitter. What are you yeah. telling me about the what about the Whopper? Oh, well, the Whopper, you know, it's 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 a strange marketing campaign. It's kind of counterintuitive. They are showing off the Whopper. They're like filming it like day after day after day, and it starts to get mold on it. Yeah. And it's all in an effort to demonstrate how they do not use artificial ingredients. Is that a good thing? Yeah. You know, that's the that's the good news. The bad yeah. news is it's kind of gross and it looks moldy and I might be associating the Whopper with the moldy Whopper now. Well, there's an old meme online where they have like that, the McDonald's hamburger that had been around for 12 years and it kind of just looked like it had been around for 12 years but hadn't degraded as you would think. But they oh. must or else like landfills would just be full of fast food by now. Yeah, yeah. They, they must break down. Just All like right. a good Twinkie. Hey, we got a lot of stuff going on the show today. These are some yeah. really big hey, news that's, today that's in terms couple. of, that's the money shaker though. Oh, okay. yeah. So we got a. This episode is brought to you by Redwood Logistics, a leading logistics platform company whose diverse solutions portfolio includes digital freight brokerage, flexible freight management, and innovative platform services that simplify the integration of disparate supply chain technology. Redwood connects its diverse roster of customers to the power of supply chain power! management technology and the industry's brightest minds. For more information, tell them, Chad. RedwoodLogistics.com. Good stuff. Headlines, Duna. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's pull up uh let's pull up here too. I mean, we are live, so let me just pull up the LinkedIn comments. There we go. All right. Boy, do we have some news for you. There's a lot of news. It's a packed show. We have a bunch of different guests on today. We're going to get into what happened with uh, Keep Trucking at one point. We're going to get into what's going on with Night Swift and their partnership with Truck Stop and Book It Now. Big time. And all that cool stuff. But uh, So here's our first story. It is Keep Trucking tells One Point Logistics to stop trucking. Keep Trucking, the freight tech unicorn that leveraged an electronic logging device software business into end-to-end visibility technology in a freight-matching marketplace, told employees today that it's shutting down One Point Logistics today being yesterday. The freight brokers had acquired in April of 2019. About 30 employees will be relocated to fleet sales inside Keep Trucking's organization, but the majority, Chad, are going to get laid off. Mm. Keep, Keep Trucking briefly considered selling OPL, but decided against it in order to, re- as they say, retain as many people as possible. Yeah, the uh, OPL shutdown came amid a wave of large cuts at other freight brokerage companies, including C.H. Robinson and Coyote Logistics that we have also covered. The Passport Research's team study of four-quarter earnings revealed that across the freight brokerage space, earnings were down 22.4% on average year over year. Venture capitalist investors have also become more risk-averse and sensitive to valuation, hmm. re-emphasizing unit 
economics and gross margins. Maybe it's all about because of what happened with the Uber, but some people are saying those are one-offs. VCs are less willing to value, though, low-margin, low non-recurring revenue at tech multiples. Their CEO, he, uh, the CEO of Keep Trucking, he said they never intended to scale a freight brokerage. Um, some suspect. Some, 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 some people are, are, are disagreeing with that. At Keep Trucking... Um, Keep Trucking needed to understand how freight is transacted to build the technology to power their smart load board is what they're saying. Keep Trucking, Keep Trucking also needed OPL to feed the first version of its marketplace with freight, but then they wanted to get neutral, go Swiss, is again what they're, uh, what they're saying, right? But they invest a lot in OPL, including a lot of people. Yep. They built up the headcount, getting salespeople from Coyote, Global Trans, Four Kites, and uh, Adam Eagle, who will be on in a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, in the coming weeks, Keep Trucking will open its marketplace to a wider swath of 3PL, the 3PL segment, validating and vetting new brokers who will pour loads into the marketplace. So we look forward to talking with uh, Eagle about some of that uh, very soon. There's uh, some very strong opinions on our comment section, oh, too. Oh, yeah. man, yeah, they're bringing some heat. Uh, in another headline, Ninth Circuit denies rehearing of Walmart's sleeper birth case. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has denied a petition by Walmart to rehear a lower court's decision that awarded $54.6 million to former California truck drivers for time spent in a sleeper berth during layovers between trips. Walmart had requested both a panel hearing and a rehearing on bunk, typically by a chief judge and 10 additional judges, which were both denied. Yeah, the American Trucking Association, the California Trucking Association, CRST, expedited and U.S. Express had supported Walmart's petition filed in January through an amicus brief filed, uh, that was January 31st. The four supporters of Walmart's petition have a strong interest in the outcome of this case, which has major implications for the treatment of time that drivers spend off-duty in a truck sleeper berth under California wage law, according to their brief. Walmart's attorneys had argued that the jury in the lower court were instructed to follow narrow language in the retailer's pay manual to determine if it was exercising control of the drivers during non-driving times. The petition came two weeks after the appeals court's three-judge panel upheld the lower court's decision that found drivers involved in the class action suit were entitled to back wages under that California law. I thought it was a good argument, but uh, apparently it wasn't good enough. ATA's brief warned of far-ranging implications if a rehearing isn't granted, predicting it would, quote, usher in a massive new wave of minimum wage litigation with other courts struggling to deal with the implications of the ruling. Mr. Bea asks how we are. Hey, Mr. Bea, we are doing very well. Thank doing you for, great. Thank you for joining us for the show. Where are you, uh, where are you listening in from? Um, okay, here's our last one. The, the growth of digital freight matching is exploding. We see this at our events like Freight Waves Live. Oh, yes. Yeah, the We're biggest the game in freight. May 6th coming up, too. May 5th and 6th. Aaron Andrews will be there. Talk about the Super Bowl of freight. Yeah. Got to have a, a Super Bowl Michael Isaac. Oh, wow. And log- Okay, so the digital freight matching is exploding. Logistics providers are jumping on board. The latest is the Night Swift Transportation. Logistics giant has reached a deal with truckstop.com, as reported on FreightWaves.com, all the dot-coms. To implement the company's Book It Now platform into Knight Swift's logistics operations. In addition, owner operators and third party trucking partners of Knight Swift will get access to loads available on truckstop.com's load board as part of the agreement. Big opening up for uh, Knight Swift. Yes. Uh, Book It Now allows freight brokerages to post, assign, and tender loads directly to carriers. 
Carriers are able to see the rate, pick up and drop off details as well as broker information all before booking the load. Once carriers are added to a broker broker's uh, preferred carrier list, their book it now loads are seen in the Truck Stop mobile app. There is no negotiation, which truckstop.com has previously said can save two to three hours of time for a broker. Carriers receive automated rate confirmations and also cut down on emails and phone calls with brokers yeah. through not having to negotiate the rates. So they say that it really increases the efficiency. I've got some things to ask uh, Don uh, Everhart about that. Night Swift says uh, it will use Booking Now to post a rate and allow their preferred partner carriers to instantly book loads and receive automated confirmation for the loads they choose. As a natural-born haggler, are you sort of against these <laughs> digital solutions because you can't you can't you know shake them down at the. Uh the bizarre? No, no, I'm actually not a good uh, negotiator. I wish I were better, but I'm just curious, like, um, what the implications of that are. Why do you think that? Do you not like conflict? Do you feel like you're imposing if, like, the negotiations go back and forth and stuff? Yeah, uh. yeah, I think I kind of have that natural, um, yeah, inclination. Yeah. Well, let's get Don Everhart, VP of Technology and Analytics for Knight Swift, on the line to discuss this new partnership that they have going on. Right? Yeah. Good stuff. Let's do it. Five, count of five, five, two minutes. Hey, Don. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Oh, yeah, you're in yes, our, I think you're in Arizona, you. right? Good morning to you out there. Are you on Pacific or Mountain Time, Don? In Arizona. We're we're, we're on Arizona. We, we, <laughs> we buck the trend. Uh, so I, we're currently aligned to Mountain, I believe. Okay. Don, are you a natural-born Arizonan? Uh, I am not. Does, do I have a bit of an accent that gives that way? I, I'm from a small town that you might be familiar with. They're uh, in Tennessee, Cookville. Oh, uh, nice. oh, my, yeah, yeah. Got my freight start actually at uh, at uh, Averitt right there. So. Okay, because the, the reason why is I woke up this morning and I, I check Reddit as I usually do, and on the NFL board there it said uh, the Arizona Cardinals' last championship is closer to the Battle of Little Bighorn in 1876 than it is to present day. So I'm glad that won't wound you. And you actually, maybe you're excited that Tom Brady could be coming to the Titans. Uh, hey, let's hope, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we get in the load board, I noticed something in your background uh, that's also very important. You're the board of director at Swift Charities. So real quick, what do you do for the uh, charity group? Yeah, so uh, actually last year was my last year on, on the board. Uh, we typically serve a, a couple of year term there. Um, so I'm in my year off and I'll return to help them. So it's a, it's a great organization. Um, we do a lot of community outreach. Uh, I was specifically overseeing, uh, uh, community grants. So a lot of our terminals have individuals that go out in the field, work in the community. And, uh, as they need additional assistance, uh, we had a, a small committee that oversaw that and, uh, we're able to do a lot there, but, uh, we also do a lot of uh, employee assistance and uh, and uh, like hurricane relief, uh, that type of work. So, a uh, really good organization. Uh, does a lot internally and externally for our our organization. Perfect, listeners, look into that. Well, let's get to the main event then. Tell us about Book It Now and your partnership with TruckStop.com. That was big news that I believe came out around Tuesday and uh, has a lot of people really excited and a lot of implications for the industry. Yeah, and hey, it's it's a thing that we're uh, very excited about. When when we look at uh, how we think about logistics, and there's a, there's a couple of things that we want to do, right? We want to you know uh, reduce the friction, ultimately the brokerage process, and then find additional efficiencies for our buying teams. 
Uh, and this accomplishes both of those. It's good for industry. It's good for us. And this is really, uh, you're seeing a couple of things from us in the space this week. This is the culmination of uh, really an 18-month, 20-to-24-month uh, run of us looking very carefully at what do we want to do in the space, what do we want to do from a individual platform, and then actually engage uh, a lot of the players in the field to say, how, how do we best integrate with you and make this stuff work? So we've been working with these guys and others from the very get-go as they started, you know, even discussing that. I think when you talk to Bill at Truck Stop, he says, this something has been on our roadmap and in the works for, you know, 12 to 18 months. Uh, we were part of that conversation at the very beginning. Well, uh, you know, I mean, people are acting like this is a game changer moment. The tide is turning. Like, do you guys see it as a game changer or just kind of another step in the process? No, we absolutely see it as a game changer. So when, when you look at external load boards and they, they do a lot of work to make sure that uh, we as brokers in the field are uh, being good citizens in the community and not double posting and that type stuff. But there's only so much we can do there the best way for us to actually act in a fashion where it's like, yes, this is absolutely a verifiable load. This is information you can rely on. It allows us to disclose one, a little bit more information because we're utilizing a preferred carrier network. We put that out there, but then there's also a rate on that load and it's a real load. Like that you hit that button, it books in our system and it goes out. And there's, there's just not a lot of interaction required unless it's needed which I think that's the game-changing piece is we're moving away from just handling a ton of calls for getting that one little piece done to being able to handle the calls for the carriers that are actually doing business with us and resolving issues that they may encounter. Someone gets stuck at a shipper. Hey, we can actually allocate that time appropriately now and engage and make sure if they have the information they need to get the job done. Well, how does that work where like it's, it's automated and, and it's super efficient sometimes, but sometimes there's room for negotiation. How, how tell Can you tell us like, how do you guys determine that one way or the other? Yeah. So, you know, we, we push pretty hard on, uh, what do we have that's core carrier that's running? What's on routing guide and, and what's moving? And um, ultimately, we have to make determinations about what gets posted. Well, when we're making that post, and that's also split again, when we're posting something, is it something that it's a book now or is it a very difficult thing that we may not even know the rate uh, that's ultimately going to move out, but we have ideas based on market? And we're putting it out there and starting to solicit calls and do pricing discovery. Um, I think what you'll see, and uh, I don't want to spoil too much for, for the partners that we're working with here, is that this is just the first step. What you're talking about, that uh, negotiation piece, uh, while that still has to happen largely via traditional method, you'll see that that also becomes more digitized and uh, a more consistent flow where there may be an offer and then an immediate counteroffer, right? Which is ultimately what the carriers want in the uh in the first place, right? They, they want to be able to negotiate, get their rate out in place and be able to have that happen in a low friction environment. Hey, Don, Cassandra Gaines says that uh, you are awesome. And Hector Padelia, he says, hi, Don. <laughs> Good stuff. So some of yeah. the, uh, the live listeners were excited to see you on here. So I have a question, though, for you. Is this part of an overarching strategy of Night Swift to get more digital to 
to stay ahead of uh, of the curve and, and, and ride this wave and protect your, you know, uh, be risk averse and all of those kind of things. Absolutely. So what you'll see from us, and again, I won't spoil too much for us because we have to have something to talk about on, on future calls. Um, you'll see us bringing our digital platform into the market uh, very soon. Uh, Hector that you called out, uh, from the, from the comments there. <laughs> Hi Hector. Good to see you on this morning. Um, so, uh, Hector was actually one of our beta carriers that ran, uh, in our internal platform as we're going through, uh, our pilot. So, um, we've taken a, a very aggressive approach of hearing the feedback from those, uh, carriers that are operating in that and really spending time dialing that. That's why we didn't rush to market. We're trying to make sure that we've got the product in the best place possible and that we've got the right integrations. Because for us, when we look at how we want to position, we, we don't we don't expect everyone to transact on our platform. Like, that's not going to happen. We have big players in the market. So we're driving for uh, choice and selection, right? We want carriers to be able to transact where it's easiest for them. And then they can still do business with us. And we're not going to force them one way or the other just because we're trying to prop up a digital platform. Okay. Well, um, you know, well, did it help that they had already sort of like truck stop had already piloted the program with Schneider a little bit? Did that make it easier for you guys and more willing to jump in? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that it made it more willing. Uh, we were ready to, I shouldn't say we we're ready to go. Uh, Schneider and TrackStop have a great relationship just like we do. Um, they really just kind of got there first on their, on their integration team. Uh, again, we're a part of that conversation, even going back and, uh, you know, we're good friends with the folks over at Schneider. Um, uh, know some of those people very well from, uh, conferences and interactions that we have. So, um, happy that they got on the platform and ultimately, uh, think it's good for the industry in total because again, the more, verified loads that are out there that uh, that carriers can just execute on without having to go through a lot of uh, additional hoops. It's better for everyone. Hey, you came yeah. from a pricing background, as did our own Zach Strickland. Is that what, because for him, that's sort of what led him down the road of analytics and his interest in data. Is that similar to you? Because your background kind of moved in almost a similar way to his. Yeah, and hey, talk about weird backgrounds, right? Uh, I mean, uh, ops into dedicated and then uh, into the pricing realm. Um, I, I still have purview over some uh, pricing aspect. I oversee technology and analytics for uh, our non-asset brands, which that rolls into. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was a huge driver. Uh, just the closer you get to the data, the more informed decisions you're trying to make. And you start looking at the traditional buying processes and you just end up in a spot where you're like, I really want to enhance these guys' lives, and I want to improve the lives of the carriers on the other end of that, too. Um, how can I do that with data? How can I do that with analytics? Um, and then that really, to your point, led to the pitch of, hey, here's how we think we bring all of this together. Sounds like they're in good hands. How do they learn more? So uh, all I would say is if you're, if you're a carrier that is doing business with us, make sure that you are active and current and have all of your documentation in place <laughs> from a, from a, from a start perspective and everything. So, uh, we actually took a, a unique approach where in some of these programs, people will tend to just use a, a select few carriers and put them into their preferred carrier network. We've taken the approaches of if we've approved you as a carrier and you're in our network, regardless if you're core carrier, 
someone that's done one load with us. Uh, we want you to be able to experience this. So mm-hmm. all you have to do is be an active carrier with us. Nice. Uh, go, go ahead and uh, sign up, uh, sign on if you are not, and make sure we're in good running status, and we'll uh, we'll make sure we've got freight in front of your eyes. Uh, you can go to nightswiftlogistics.com as our carrier onboarding site, and uh, we'll get you squared away, and our carrier relations department will be there to take care of you. Thanks, Great. Don. Yeah, thanks, Don. We really we really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and for your time today. Have a good luck with uh, with your digital endeavors, my friend. Have a great weekend. Good stuff. Great to have him yeah. in here. All right, our next guest, I'm excited to talk to him. It is Adam Eagle from uh, One Point Logistics. Here he comes. What's up, Adam? Hey, Adam, how you doing? Yep. Let me, uh, right. here, let me click let again. <laughs> All right. One more time. How are you doing? I am doing well. How about yourselves? Good. Well, you, I think you said something a little bit different when you first came in. I, I said I'd be doing better if I still had a job, but besides that. Yeah. I mean, I wish you were here on better circumstances too. You came up from Nashville, right? Correct. And so take us to the story a little bit. You were with, you're with One Point Logistics. Correct. Keep talking. How long were you with One Point for? Uh, I started with One Point back in July. Yeah. July uh, of 2018. 19. Okay, so you were there uh, after the acquisition by Keep Trucking, right? Uh, correct, yeah. The uh, Well, y'all put out an article yesterday for uh, talking about the acquisition back in uh, May? Yeah. Uh, April, May of, uh, of 19. Um, so I started on uh, after that, uh, a couple of months after, uh, sort of as their uh, pricing guy, uh, just to help them uh, help them build up their uh, their their pricing and uh, their go to market strategy for for rates. So uh, what, then, what happened? <laughs> what what led you uh, to here? I know. Yeah, I know. It was uh, yesterday they made the big announcement at what was it? Two o'clock. Uh, twelve o'clock. Yeah. Twelve o'clock. Uh, we got a meet. Uh, got an all hands meeting at uh, twelve o'clock for uh, twelve thirty, which those were always fun. Yeah. Uh, so people were saying, you know what's going on, you know what's going on, and uh, no one knew what oh, was going on. Oh, no one leaked. There so you no guys, leakers. you guys didn't kind of see this coming. We did not. Um, now, what I will say is that uh, you know the article said that uh, KT is looking to build out a smart load board, and uh, you know didn't want to you know fox in the hen house type thing uh, with with having a brokerage uh, subsidiary brokerage. That is all completely true, um, and. Uh, everyone in the organization agrees uh, agrees with that, and everyone knew and understood that eventually KT would probably have to divest from uh, One Point Logistics. No one thought it would happen uh, as quickly as it did. When you were, because they're sort of saying that this all went according to plan, but I imagine when you got hired, they didn't say to you, we plan on shutting down uh, early next year. No, I probably wouldn't have taken the job if they had told me that. Yeah, where did, so where did you take a job from? I was actually with uh, Transportation Insight, so okay. my background was uh, uh, truckload procurement, truckload uh, uh, pricing consulting uh, with them. So uh, I cut my teeth uh, with them for the past five years, and I moved out to Nashville actually with my wife. Uh, she got a job back in uh, March of 19. Uh, so we moved out here and, uh, my boss, uh, he was, uh, kind enough to allow me to, uh, work remote for them. So I wasn't looking for a job whenever, uh, the recruiter reached out to me. Uh, but it was, it just seemed like a good opportunity. Um, you know, whenever they initially reached out, they were actually, uh, talking about being a pricing analyst on the KT side of things. Uh, you know, just data analysts on, uh, on selling, selling the ELDs. Uh, and then they, 
uh, said, oh, but no, we actually have this uh, sister brokerage company. And I was like, eh, you know, sure, fine, whatever. Uh, I had history with, uh, uh, you know, with truckload pricing on that side and then uh, working with TI's sister brokerage company uh, at the time. So, uh, you know, I had experience with that. So, so you, you came on in May. Um, some people on the comments section are saying that the main idea was to scale a brokerage, but you're saying, no, I was there. That was not the idea. No, the idea was definitely to scale a brokerage. Um, it's just that uh, broker. It's just that whenever KT decided to uh, go out and start that smart load board, uh, the other brokers in the industry said, uh, "Why, why, why do I want to partner with you whenever you have your own brokerage?" Which, again, I totally get. Um, I came from a four PL that had a three PL in house, so uh, I understand the uh, uh, the how how you can uh why people might have that uh confusion um yeah but, you know from our side we said hey you know they have to compete on our freight the same as uh anyone else does uh so yeah. that allowed us to uh that allowed us to work with both assets and brokers at uh at ti yeah that was what kt said in the article a lot of the comments here said never quote never intended to scale brokerage it was never stated in the job postings nor in the huddles that were led by the CEO talking about vision and goals, speaking as a now former employee that stinks. 150 people were straight up lied to, held to metrics, used, and disposed of harsh words. Harsh words. Are, are they? Are you co-signing that? Um, I would say that those words are coming from someone that was just fired. Uh, yeah. So take it yeah. with a grain of salt. Um, KT, uh, you know, I don't think anyone would have signed on with KT. Or sorry, with one point. Uh, if they were told that uh, their job would only be around for uh, for six months, um, but you know we we were given uh, you know we were told that uh, hey let's go out and build a brokerage and let's make it uh, best in class and everyone was uh, on board with that. Hey man, this might this might cheer you up a bit too. There's been a lot of comments that have come in with people <laughs> supporting you from uh, Nicole. Uh, Nicole, yep. Nicole, Crystal, Rob, <laughs> yeah. uh, worked with all of them. And then uh, Katie, yeah. Uh, Jerry, yeah, all those guys. Uh, you even got the me. eagle. You, you're <laughs> lucky when you have a name that an emoji can be tied to as well. It uh, it helps. Yeah. Chad just has the shocked face emoji. <laughs> That's all I use? Uh, no, I, no, I mean, like, to resemble you. Oh, yes, right. The confused emoji. I, I am often uh, in shock and all. How, <laughs> how are you? Speaking of shock and all, how are you? Like feeling, uh, you're you're kind of managing your emotions. I know it just happened. Uh, how are you dealing with it right now? And uh, do you have a a, pl- a plan set in place yet? Uh, I try to. I, I feel myself as uh, fairly level headed. Uh, so you know, after that happened, I went and talked to uh, talked to my wife and uh, let her know what uh, you know what happened. Um, I. Hopefully, no one from the bank is listening to this, but I'm scheduled to close on a house on uh, Tuesday. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. you know, fun fun stuff uh, as far as that's uh, concerned. But, uh, you know, it's I guess the good thing is that, uh, you know, we're in Nashville, we're in Chicago, we're in uh, a couple of people over in uh, L.A. as well. Uh, these are all, you know, strong brokerage markets. Um, um, Michael Lev says, love you, Adam. <laughs> on Facebook, hey Mike. Yeah, a lot of lot of people uh, stepped up all over all over the internet, and as people do in this industry, when people fall down, they they pick you up. And I think putting yeah. yourself out there, you're probably going to get a little reach out. So let us ask. Then you mentioned you you have this house that you're putting in. That means, do you want? Does that change you wanting to stay in Nashville? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we're putting down uh, roots, and uh, me and my wife are putting down roots in Nashville. Uh, like I said, we only moved here in March uh, of 19, but, uh, you know, it was definitely something that uh, we didn't know anyone whenever we moved. But uh, since we moved, we've uh, been able to connect with uh, many people at my wife's work, uh, obviously all the people that are uh, reaching out online, uh, yay, one point. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just got a chance to uh, getting get uh, involved and engaged in a church as well. So we definitely have a support okay. network uh, yeah. here in Nashville, and we're not— not looking to leave. Right. Nashville, wonderful place. Dooner was just there for the first time yeah. last month. <laughs> it's like we a living a museum, time. right? Every like restaurant or bar, any place you go into, there's someone playing some type of music, yeah. whether it's a Bon Jovi cover band or, <laughs> or some guy singing original country tunes. Yeah, so you're one of, of the tourists down on uh, Broadway that uh, all the locals avoid. Babe, wait, what am I? I'm at the bar that they avoid? Yes, probably. No wonder. They were giving him a wide berth. I didn't know why. Walking the streets. I guess so, yeah. Just the mug. Um, Yeah, could could have been that. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we we like the city. And there's a lot of logistics opportunities there, too, even though, of course, there's been a lot of headwinds against uh, brokerages right now. It was a difficult operating environment last year. Uh, thank you. Yes, yeah. thank How you. How do people Adam. reach out? Do they go go on LinkedIn? If you have any opportunities in the Nashville area, Adam Eagle on LinkedIn. He's the guy who looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, you can search me just Adam Eagle. Uh, you know, I'm just one person. There is still, uh, right. you know, hundred other people that were affected by this as well. Um, I'll admit I'm not a truck person. I just do pricing. Yeah. Uh, but we have a lot of people that are very talented in uh, the booking of trucks or the uh, calling on customers. So uh, definitely uh, if you're a hiring manager for any, uh, for any of those, uh, I'd love to put you in touch with some people that uh, can make it happen. Well, and, and Dave Heismia, he says, Adam Eagle is rock Heisman. solid. Heisma, one of the most dedicated, bright individuals that he's worked with. <laughs> Wow. Jacob says, car, car. <laughs> uh, Colton says, the eagle has landed. Riggin says, fly high, eagle. So a lot of people turned down and supported <laughs> you. Um, hit the cowbell. I'll do it. <laughs> That's Thank right. You, that Thank- is his announcement. He is <laughs> onwards and upwards on the next bit, best thing. And if his Patagonia vest That's, doesn't say it, yep. well, his presence here right now certainly does. He's on the market. Thank it's, you. It's vintage now. It's yes. Oh, months. yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. You can <laughs> put it in our online Hall of Fame. There we go. All right, All right. take it easy. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. All right, now we got to call Kate Juliao. She has got a new position over at Triumph Pay. It's going to be, uh, I think she's working with the product security. We would talk about internet security, cybersecurity, all those things becoming super important. So mm. let's reach out to her and see what is up with Kate one of my favorite people in the business, and a uh, she has won a cowbell from us before. That's right, People's Choice. People's Choice winner. Hey, Kate, are you there? Hey, I'm here. How are you guys doing? We're doing it. Hey, look, we, good, we even Kate. we even uh, have a your own specialized bumper just for today, so I'm going to play it for you. Kate is great. <laughs> Kate, Kate is great. Yeah. When we're calling Triumph Pay. Just to say, Kate is great. I thought you wanted right. to sing with what it. What an intro. What an wow. intro. I know. Doesn't, wouldn't everybody use something so good as that? That was nice. <laughs> You know, I'm serious. I'm going to have to like add that as my ringtone or something on my cell phone. You guys are too much. So yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, hey, you deserve it. You've been, not only did you 
You get a uh, new position within Triumph Pay. You've been a great employee there. You're a cowbell winner at, um, at our first ever live cowbell playing contest that we had at what was called Transparency 19 at the time. Now it's called Freight Waves Live. But just about a year ago, we met and you won that award. I know. Like it just all of a sudden it was like, hey, Kate, can you do this podcast? I'm like, sure. And I end up in this booth and I meet you guys for the first time. And next thing I know, I've got this beautiful black cowbell on my desk that I, I will be taking with me to my new uh, gig. So I'm pretty excited about it. But yeah, I have it sitting right next to me as we speak. Hey, before we jump into the new role, let's get the, the important stuff out of the way, which is what you're doing for the um, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Man and Woman of the Year campaign. So just talk about that really quick as well. So, Tim, first of all, I really appreciate you and Chad being on my team. Um, so I don't know if everybody knows, but I am a stage three Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor going on 12 years. Oh, wow. Cowbell for that. <laughs> right. Going on 12 so years. Have, wow. Yeah, I've been working with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society since about 2007 and then really worked on a different campaign. And at the end of last year, they uh, approached me with an opportunity to be one of 20 candidates for North Texas for the Man and Woman of the Year campaign. And it's just another great opportunity to really reach out to the community, get involved in the community, because cancer, these cancer diseases really impact everybody in our lives. Um, if you don't have somebody in your family that unfortunately has the disease, there's somebody that you know is impacted by it. And I'm just so like blessed and lucky to continue to help and, you know, really bring in those research dollars and have an organization like Triant Pay, you know, really being a support system, you know, as a morale booster, to, you know, really bring those funds back in and help really just find some cure through these cancer diseases. Because it just seems like every time I turn around, there's another diagnosis that's coming out. Because right now, one in six deaths are actually from a cancer diagnosis. And we really need to get that number down, for sure. And I bet it, you, it must have impacted you, especially ha- ha- happening at such a young age. Yeah, I was 23 years old oh. and just thought, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. And I actually went misdiagnosed for a year. And then finally, I just, my body wouldn't go anymore. And I, I show up and the doctors are like, you need to come in immediately. Next thing I know, I have this huge mass that you couldn't see, uh, you know, on an x-ray. You couldn't see my bones because the mass was taking up so much of my body. And right. it, was a, it was a whirlwind from there. And then unfortunately, at the end of, you know, December 2018, I lost my dad to a cancer disease. And so wow. the person impact that this has on my family and my life is really what is the driving force behind this we had uh we had um ingrid right ingrid brown on that's right yeah she's yes, gonna be on radio this weekend too but she's a you big did, advocate yes. oh you're familiar with her yeah yeah she's going to yes. be on series xm this weekend but we had her on what the truck on monday and she was sharing her story about something a lot of drivers may not think about but that was putting sunscreen on while you're driving because you get all that that sun just beating on your down left on hand you. side yeah Yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see it. I mean, everybody on the left side of the face, you can see that the freckles and everything show up on their skin. And yeah, it's amazing just how much exposure they get from the sun while they're on the road. Well, you are, uh, you know, you've been transitioning to a new role at Triumph Pay. You made a recent announcement. You want to tell us about, uh, well, where where you have been and, and where you're going? <laughs> So, I mean, Prime Pay is near and dear to my heart, you know, so 1,000% believe in the product itself. We have seen so much significant growth since I have started with Prime Pay. I was employee number three. Oh, wow. And where this team has taken this product and the partnerships that we have gained with all these wonderful broker and shipper clients, I mean, pretty much at this point, you know, the sky's the limit. You know, we have such great opportunity to take it to the next level. 
And with that, you know, we need to ensure that we continue to maintain that security and compliance in whatever field, you know, that the Triumph product takes us. And so I got offered this opportunity to kind of move into more of a compliance role. Um, I'm excited. I'm terrified. I've been doing operations for 14 years. Mm. You know, the team that I've been working with for these past two and a half years, they're like family to me, you know, I love them near and dear to my heart. And all the performance that has been done in operations was definitely not made up by me being the leader of that. It was made up by this stellar group of people. And that's really what that announcement was about, is that people need to make sure that they truly understand it's a team that's really driving results and never just one person. Yeah, you wrote, uh, to quote you, you said, great things in business are never done by one person. They are done by a team of people. So are you excited to join this new team to challenge yourself? You mentioned you've been doing the other position for, for over, like what was it, 12 years? No, I've been in operations for 14, but I've been doing 14. the role for two and a half. So yeah, that's been my whole career was in operation. Yeah, so are you excited to challenge yourself with this new position? Yes, and... I mean, the individuals that I get to team up with now and their knowledge and their tenure in that uh, career path is, I can't, I, I'm learning from the best. So again, it's a great opportunity and really just to maintain that growth that Triumph, hey, you know, is looking forward in the future while maintaining security and compliance measures. So, well, what, what's some of that stuff that you guys are going to be working on for, uh, for security? Well, um, I mean, it's not so much working on uh, for security, it's more maintaining. So, you know, there's a lot of things that come with, you know, processing payments. You know, there are specific audit requirements or certifications that you ha- get to have or you have to have um, in order to even get some of these partnerships. And that's really important to our clients. And we want to make sure that Triumph has those certifications and credentials to be able to, you know, turn those potential clients into long-term partnerships. And so really that's where my, my role will be. Fantastic. By the way, Ingrid Brown is listening and she says, good afternoon, guys. Hi, Kate. <laughs> then she says, Kate, you'll be amazing. Best of luck. <laughs> wow. Thank I, you so much, Ingrid. I truly, I really enjoyed listening to you the other day. I think it was on the 18th is when I heard you. Yeah. Cassandra Gaines said uh, she loves Kate. She, Cassandra loves everybody, though. She, she does. Yeah. And she's. Yeah, I love seeing her show up on LinkedIn everywhere. <laughs> well, Kate, thank you. If people want to connect with you on LinkedIn, can uh, join your team for this uh, Leukemia and Lymphonia Society Man of the yes. Year. Uh, how do they go about doing that? So what they need to do is just click on that post that I did, which I will be posting another one um, later in the week, um, maybe even just possibly Monday. And I will include the link that once you click on it, if you scroll down to the bo- bottom, there's a big red box that says join my team. And really what this is, I'm not asking for personal donations. I'm asking people to utilize their networks and resources for people who want to get involved and understand the impact that cancer is having on us as just a worldwide epidemic. Um, and so that gives them the opportunity to be a part of this awesome campaign and do it with people who truly care about the mission. It's a great mission. We are very, we're, we're honored to be a part of the team and to help support you in this way. Yeah, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, best of luck with the campaign in, in your new role. We'll uh, we'll see you out there. And will I see you at TIA on April second? Maybe Austin? just through maybe just through <laughs> our replicants. Uh, I don't know. On the airwaves. Maybe. <laughs> maybe I'm going to be in Disney World at the end of March for a week. I'm I'm gone for a week. So, but keep us All updated, right. and we will see you soon. All right. All right, y'all take care. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kate. Well, man, so she had her own. Uh, you know, bad news, good news, bad news. You have that lymphoma cancer and the good news is you've beat it and she's beat it for for years now yes and in, in remission for 12 years amazing what stuff. a story i have the bad news and good news
All right, Chad. Good news. Remember that article yeah. we read where there's there they kind of threw a lot of shade at Amazon and the, and the networks they use. Yeah, bless Amazon's heart. Was that BuzzFeed or whomever wrote that? They did this big investigative report. We covered it a few months ago, but Amazon yeah, the batteries. Yeah, Amazon is. No, not batteries. Oh, I no, no, the, on delivery network. Supply chain. Oh, that. No, no, yeah. with the accidents and all that stuff. Oh, yes, yes. We covered that, too. Yeah, Amazon. So Amazon is starting to take safety seriously when it comes to their contracted oh, right, right. final mileage delivery drivers. But the bad news is that a more job loss could cost thousands of jobs over the next few months as thousands of delivery drivers across the country who work for these small and medium-sized logistics companies that are contracted with Amazon uh, found out in February they made that in April it could all go kaput, and already a couple last week, I, like about a thousand jobs were were wiped right off the board. And it's dangerous. You start these businesses and you leverage them on Amazon's network, and then uh, they have stringent KPIs. You don't meet them, like great in the benefit of safety, but a difficult could be a difficult operating environment. Yeah, that's a good one for good news, bad news. I mean, sometimes you can't win for losing. I suppose mm. as a corporate mega giant. Uh, but I'm glad that they're making it safer finally. Yeah, uh, good news. The Connecticut plan to toll trucks only is off the table. That's right. Gov- Governor Ned Lamont told Senate Democrats on Wednesday he had lost faith in their ability to hold a vote on the controversial controversial proposal. The bad news is Joe Scully, president of the uh, Motor Transportation Association of Connecticut, said said that it was three years ago that he hopes that all the games are over, but legislators, after the bill was killed, they just took it and they supported it. They they they, they put it, in, inserted it into a bill on the budget so that if you were against the bill, you had to be against the budget. He hopes no games like that will be played. You probably haven't done much driving through Connecticut, have you? I've done a little bit, oh, okay. but no, not much. Yeah, my wife is from there, so I've been okay. through Connecticut multiple times. They probably have... The thing with Connecticut is like they're between Massachusetts and and New York, right? Yeah. So you can't trust them because like half of them are Red Sox <laughs> fans and half are Yankees fans, oh, right. but like neither are real fans. You know, they're they're just from Connecticut. got to take that Merritt <laughs> Parkway, too. Stay off 95. Well, don't because then, then it'll be even more... Do you think should, Stay on should, 95. should nobody be told or should everybody be told... Or, you know, like what? Told what? Oh, told. Like, <laughs> <laughs> told. You got told. Told what to be told. I don't know. It's a, we, We've covered that infrastructure. It's a difficult problem, but Connecticut has been one of the least in- efficient states. I think the seventh worst at managing their own budget while having the uh, some of the highest taxes out there, especially their gas tax. Which Never buy weird. gas They, they should be more manageable. They're small. Here's, here's some good news. Good yeah. news. Factories are reopening in China. Connecticut's not that small. You're thinking of Rhode Island. Well, I mean, it's pretty small. It's not that They're small. All small. And in terms of wealth, it has like, I think per capita is like the highest wealth in uh in in the United States. Well, again, all the more reason that they should be able to operate their environment. Both um the headquarters of the WWE are there and uh Aaron Hernandez grew up there too. So more got, trivia. Good on news, bad news. <laughs> all right, uh, good news. Factories are reopening in China's fears over coronavirus appear to be contained in certain provinces. In fact, officials in Hubei's province government said last week companies can resume operations starting today. But the bad news is that these factories are now way behind schedule, and this may result in production delays. Uh. This is starting to hit companies. Apple does not expect to meet the revenue guidance and provided investors last month as a result of store closings and supply supply chain constraints that have arisen due to the COVID-19 virus. Apple said money to investors. Inventories currently are in good shape as companies pulled forward product to get ahead of the tariffs in the Chinese New Year. But according to Wells Fargo, spring and early uh, summer seasonal inventories 
uh, are, are could could be in trouble. You know, we can start, yep. start start seeing these impacts as soon as mid-April. Okay. Uh, well, I have some good news. Peak season in 2019 wasn't a disaster for Walmart. Oh, wait, hold on. Wells Fargo, I forgot to oh. mention one thing. They placed 19 companies on this high-risk uh, factories, these, these high, I mean, the high-risk category, oh. based on their supply chain factories exposure. And on that list was Fossil, Steve Madden, Nike, and, and Apple. According Surprising. To supply chain. Yeah. Surprising. Uh, well, peak season in 2019 wasn't a disaster for Walmart, according to the retailer's fourth quarter uh, and full-year 2019 results. But the bad news is it wasn't a very good year either. It was described as tepid was the word that was being used when they made the announcement. The company, they have all these inherent advantages with their huge on-the-ground network, and analysts for a long time have thought that they would really be able to have this inherent advantage hammering down on their strategies to uh, to compete with Amazon and Target, but they haven't. They still haven't nailed down a single strategy, so they're kind of uh, waffling in the wind. Uh, here's the strategy. Figure out your inventory so that when you look something up on the app and I, it can say, uh, it doesn't say unknown quantity. I know if it's in the oh. store or not. That's the leverage you have over Amazon. I can leave my house and go right down the street and go to Walmart. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that if it says unknown inventory. Instead, I'm going to open up Amazon because it has a better buying experience and just use my but Prime and get one day delivery. They're, they're, you I, lose a sale all the time to me that way. Yeah, they're experimenting with this, like, uh, selecting and having them pick the groceries for you and you go and pick up the groceries. Yeah. We tried that again recently and it worked pretty well yeah but, but it was like my wife ordered him at 11 and and we couldn't pick up until six. Oh, so you've got to really I mean, I mean you can't even be like spontaneous with the groceries good news you've won the mcdonald's monopoly game and you had to go to mcdonald's because you ordered groceries from walmart and they won't be ready yes, for eight hours good news. the bad news is that you now have to pay the mafia half your winnings oh so that's right so according to hbo's <laughs> mcmillions this docuseries that i'm obsessed with the entire mcdonald's monopoly game was rigged and the winners were predetermined by uh this sweepstakes crime syndicate that started what? internally there with their uh their marketing company the director of security for their marketing company they were giving people like gifting people these winning tickets like like and it's so ridiculous because it's like a uh like a McDonald's monopoly property what, what, but what like they're treating when? it like when was this happening? like it's bricks of gold up until the early uh 2000s okay okay so but so like when they said you so when you won the million dollars right yeah. from McDonald's you would get You'd get $50,000 a year for 20 years. You didn't even get the million at once. Huh. Yeah, but then you also had to pay taxes on it. But here's the thing. When you have to pay the mafia, it's not a pre-tax benefit. You have to take that out, and then you have to pay the full taxes on the 50000 So these winners would end up with like $10,000 a year, But which is like, okay, still not terrible, I guess. But, but not $10,000 to changes. get the mafia off my back. Golly. But it also raised people's uh, tax levels and things like that. And for some people, they were in low-income housing. And all of a sudden, they went from having to spend like you know $350 a month to, to $2,000 a month. It was just crazy talk. Cra you know, Congratulations. Here's a million dollars in $5,000 increments. It's yeah. Not gonna change for the rest anything. of your life. No, 20 yeah. years, not even. Wow. Uh, well, I have, I'm going to start with bad news so that we can end on good in Indianapolis. Check out this story. A truck driver, he was hauling jet fuel. Well, what do you know? He crashed into a barrier. Smoke could be seen from miles away as the first explosion happened. People up close were videoing the scene. The driver was on fire and no one was coming to the man's aid. Well, here's the good news. That's when Holly McNally, a mother who was a new mother who was on her way home from visiting her newborn child in the NICU. 
saved him with another man in the nick of time. That's right. She she was like, everybody's videoing this, but he's on fire. Somebody go help him. And she and another man ran to him. They pulled him out, got him off, got, got the fire off of him, and then they were carrying him. And she noticed that her feet were soaking wet. And she was like, Hun, can you tell me like what what you were carrying? He said, "Oh, jet fuel." Mm. And she was like, "We better get out of here." They started running, and they were barely out of distance when the, a second explosion happened. She had smoke covering her, and all, and just yeah, you know, it, she she lived to to see another day. She saved the man. Incredible story. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for sharing. But here's some bad news. Like, let's say you lost your job, right? Like yeah. like Adam did, people yeah. at one point. Some of these Amazon contractors. The good news is that there's car- FreightWaves.careers, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can go on FreightWaves.careers. It's our it's our free job board, and I think there's more postings on there than ever. We started that back around Celadon, and uh, it's still going strong. I'm glad you reminded our audience of that. Yeah, I almost forgot. And then I was like, wait, what about our? I should have told Adam. I hope he's listening. We'll pass it on to him. Oh, that's on it. Now it's time we hear from you. Yes. Comment section rodeo. Yeah, let's listen to him. Okay, from the article, police investigate after truck drives through protester blockade in Canada. Not cool. All right, former DM Bowman driver said, Lettuce in the coffee and fountain drinks making everyone get brain damage and a headache, and you regurgitate your food after eating because the food is drugged in Canada. Yes, it was like that in 2016 when I had a job delivering around Toronto, Ontario Airport, like Brampton, Ontario, twice a week from Random House Books, Westminster, Maryland. Canadian truckers would threaten to sue the shipper or receiver. I was at saying it's illegal to do business with us truckers. Ca- Canadian freight is for Canada's trucks. Can- <laughs> Canadians say you're somebody's slave now because you're inside Canada and that's not your truck anymore. Wow. Conspiracy theories abound in the lead. It doesn't have anything to do with the breaking of the Sounded like he had some of that lead-based. Well, Noble One, one of our most um, prolific commenters. You know, he did reveal. He revealed on the comment section on our our last show, last Friday's show. because we mentioned him. I was like, is he trolling us? Does he not like us? Does he like us? He said, no, he's one of our biggest fans. That was really kind of him to say. Um, Thanks, Noble One. I told him you can't Um, ban him from comment section anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Can I still use my know-it-all voice? Yes, you have to use your know-it-all voice. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have no idea if this is how he really sounds, but yeah, it sucks to be held up due to protesters. However, you don't enact dangerous driving and putting people's lives in harm's way because they are blocking you. Very bad, extremely bad trucker driver judgment. That driver should have his driver's license suspended, heavily fined, and put on probation. Those protesters were not a threat to that driver's safety. He's lucky they didn't retaliate. Very, very lucky. IMHO. <laughs> Speedbump says, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Just me, but step in front of a moving 40-ton vehicle? You're not super smart, kid. <laughs> oh, and Benjamin on this says... Oh, he's from a new article. Brand new article. Oh, it is. That's what I the didn't... blue means. Yep. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it is a driver shooting update TA releases statement. Uh, Benjamin on this one says, I'm sorry for the driver, but this is getting worse every day. Every time I go to, to a TA, I can't find parking because they are so greedy about money that they have made 95% of the parking lots reserved. Bad enough, their fuel prices are the highest in the country and maintenance is just as bad. I got into altercation with the 
Connecticut State Trooper because I couldn't find parking, and why should I have to pay for parking when I just spent 500 in fuel? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's I, I, the point, right? I feel the heat. On the other hand, like, maybe someone would see that as an entitled comment, but I mean, I feel like you should for 500 bucks in fuel, you should maybe get it for parking, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Gina Cofield says, um, now you preaching, bro. I agree 100. This is my 30th year, and the industry seems like it has only gotten worse. I say we shut it down for a few days and let the toilet paper run out. <laughs> Bet we be hurt them. Uh, high fives emojis. No oh. toilet paper. Fighting back. He's going to give you no toilet One paper. One piece of toilet paper at a time. Greg O'Neill says... I can see both sides of this. As a truck driver, I find it frustrating to find parking to be so difficult to get. Now, I actually use paid parking only because I have to. I believe there should be a reward program to get free nights in this program. Here is the truth of the matter. They have not released what really happened leading up to the shooting. One, was there available slots to buy the right to park there? If not, then there was another driver, depending on that spot. Mm. Two. Was there other parking available? Probably not, but still a question needed to be known. Three, did this driver really try to find a legal place to park? Meaning, by law, he has option to use safe haven move to find a spot. Did driver do due diligence here? Four, who was the aggressor, the guard or the driver? There are more questions, true, but I will reserve my opinion until I know more. Now there is a real issue of parking shortage, improper training, HOS, regs, etc. This shooting is proof of these problems. There is no five. Wow, talk about Monday morning quarterbacking a, a parking lot shooting. I mean, that's sort of like being like, yeah, if you did this, this, and this, but if they did that, that, and that, there probably wouldn't have been a conflict to, be, to begin with. I mean, right? Yeah, but I, I, totally, the, those questions weren't a part of the story. I think we all wanted to know more details. You know, It was well, just written in this very official language that the... Yeah. Officer well, it came from a police report. his firearm. You know? Well, yeah, it came from the police report. Okay, I'm just All saying. Right. Well, Cindy says, wow, you haven't been driving long or do not drive too much. I seriously think TA needs to scrape their reserve parking. Go with either everyone pays or no one pays a whole lot less confusing. Or only fueling customers park free. So you park at night and fuel in the morning or fuel coming in. Once there is clear knowledge, a driver can decide if they want to pull into their line or not. The little fuel ticket could be for good for two days at any TA Petro. Either way, I know how friggin' rude it is to have some belligerent dude pounding hard on your truck, and you being a sound asleep, them threatening me about all kinds of stuff. Nah, that's not even civilized. And now you know that truckers wasn't a big enough threat to try and kill him. He was tired and pleased as he was, so quit talking like you are as polished silver. Because, like I said, some of us actually drive 600 miles every day, can go the speed limit, don't jump out in front of traffic and impede the flow going 40 miles an hour. Why don't you come you. down off that? You got it wired high horse. And realize some of us not running 400 miles a day and sleep is everything if you're going to go make your living. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag. Yeah, I mean, hey, I feel ya. That you know, uh, here uh, on the FTA, a youth-driven approach to the driver shortage. Rodney Jones says, "18 to 20 year olds behind the wheel of a semi truck will be a serious safety issue on our highways and interstates. This shouldn't even be a discussion right now." Rodney Hicks, no relation to Rodney Jones, says, <laughs> "A big mistake. Really, how stupid is this? They barely know how to drive a car, yet alone a semi truck." And Val James says, 
New drivers do not make 53K a year. After taxes, eating at truck stops that charge exorbitant prices for garbage food, cut that home wage in half. Parking is a tremendous issue across the country of the U- uh, and the NE of the U.S. charges drivers to park. Never mind that trucking companies treat drivers like a second-hand citizen. Many drivers are treated badly by dispatchers and the management could care less. Many companies even punish drivers by giving them less miles or drug tests every time you walk through the door. They have other ways of punishing drivers who don't want to drive a light load in high winds or, or, or the roads are very poor. Visibility is poor. They just push hard and push hard. Many new drivers are forced even when they say they do not feel safe. A lot goes on in a driver's world and frankly, companies could care less and the government could care less as well. This is a uh, Sprouse. Get the government hands out of trucking. Throw the ELDs in the trash. Get rid of the cameras facing the driver. Ooh, yeah. Make the trucks run the damn speed limits and make trucking trucking again. And real drivers want to drive and teach their kids and kinfolk to drive like it used to be. I don't drive no more because of the ELDs. If I'm going to have to punch a time clock, I'm going to punch you with my fist. If I'm going to drive a damn truck. That can't run the speed limit. I ain't driving it. And if I wanted to be watched all day, I would walk around Walmart. Trucking is not the trucking I grew up to. And it's no wonder no one wants to do that S no more. I hope to hell it only gets worse so the dumb A's, people can see how stupid they are. And that's coming up with all the shot and all these things. It's so cool to have a bunch of idiots. <laughs> wow, that's the quote of the day. And make trucking trucking again. People can see how um, stupid they are that's coming up with all this. Oh, people can see how stupid they're Let's make trucking and, trucking again. And think that it's so cool to have a bunch of idiots. Well. What does that mean? They, people like seem to lose the plot a lot of times in our comment section. Well, like, they get so angry by that yeah, last paragraph. It's, 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 it's an emotional flooding. We, yeah. we might <laughs> I just got to pour it out like a. I don't know, like sticking a tick on your arm? That's our comment section. It's the, the tick of anger in life. A lot of times when they're ready to comment, they're pretty worked up, I would yeah. say, right? But off. a lot of people try to be systematic. They have their five points, Yeah, you know? Well, hey, special yeah. thanks to Don Everhart from Night Swift who Thank came on. Thank you, Don. On. Yeah, that was great stuff hearing about what their plans are with Book It Now, digital load boards moving forward and connecting their partners. Seems like the wave of the future, man. Adam Eagle, brave enough to come on while, yeah. you know, the pain's probably still a little uh, sensitive. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, I felt he was very measured and very tempered. Yeah. Especially if you read the comments on that from other ex-Eagles, they were a lot less tempered and a lot less measured and had a lot of different things to say. But he seemed like a great uh, great young man, and I hope that he lands a job in there in Nashville, especially with him and the wife putting down stakes, uh, getting that house over there. So all will be well. Best of luck. Uh, little cowbell for, for Kate, Kate the cowbell champion, for, um, you know, doing what she's doing for that man and woman of the year. For, Check her out cancer. on LinkedIn. Yeah. And She's got best a powerful presence gear. there. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, well, this what's, weekend, what's going on this weekend? This weekend, Freight Waves Radio, myself and AC, that's Andrew Cox, will be talking to um, Andrew Leto. We're going to be talking. He was on Freight Waves Insiders, fuller speed ahead. He'll be that's doing right. his last round of the media tour this Saturday, <laughs> talking about how to think and grow rich and how uh, a positive mentality and frame of mind will will make the sky the limit. So he's got a really uh, like interesting tale. Go listen to Freightways Insiders or Fuller Speed Ahead or both by subscribing to Freightcast or watch them on Freightways TV. Download the app. Uh, then Monday, we have another What the Truck coming right at... Oh, wait, who else is on there? Andrew Leto. We have um, Ingrid Brown. She'll be back on. She'll tell a little bit more Fantastic. of the story on there. And I believe that we have one person from Truck Stop who will tell us a little bit more about Book It Now. So All right, so tune in to Sirius XM Road Dog Trucking Channel 146. Monday... 
2 p.m. Is it 2 o'clock? 2 o'clock Eastern time. That's Another us. Truck Ringing the right bell. At you. We got to challenge ourselves. We always got to jump over the bar. We got to jump over like a cow. Start the week in the week. Thanks for joining and being with us. By the way, Tuesday. Great quarter, guys. 2 p.m. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, put that coffee down. 1 p.m. At 2 p.m., you have Freightonomics. Uh, Thursdays, what do you have? There'll probably be a Freightways Insiders. You I can think. just live stream us. There'll be a Freightways Insiders. <laughs> There'll be a. Uh, There'll be a uh, freight forecasting with Michael Vincent. There'll be with Thursday. Sonar with the hashtag yeah. on there. And then Friday, there'll be another What the Truck, and that'll be a whole other week. And you'll be like, how did it go wow. by so fast? Well, that's <laughs> called time compression. When you get older, it happens faster and faster. How time flies when you're having fun. Shout yeah. out to Matt Altendahl. Says hi from Wisconsin. Hello, Matt. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you guys for tuning into this show that we call What the Truck. Follow him on Twitter at Chad, Chad Brevos. Follow me at Timothy Duner. That is D-O-O-N-E-R. What a great week. Last What the Truck of uh, not, not February because the leap year. Got one more. This two is, more. No. Yes, two more. But the leap year is on a Saturday. Watch some XFL oh. over the weekend, but not during series. Right? You've been watching <laughs> that. Right. Walker, he's dynamite. Big fan of his. Yeah, the uh, Defenders. A little cowbell for everybody who tuned in live. Take it easy.